Hello and welcome to Brett Easton Hell Yes, the podcast where every week we take a deep dive into one of the works of controversial author Brett Easton Ellis. I am your host, Katie Wright, and in the next couple of days, our Glamorama episode will be coming out. But until then, I just wanted to do a little mini episode uh, because Brett did an interview with The New Yorker that's been getting a lot of attention. Uh, My guest for this episode is Lenny Burnham, my good friend and host of The Filmographers. And here's our conversation. So excited, Brett's in the news again. Oh my god, I know, me too. It always does my heart good. Uh, So Brett is in the news because he did a promotional interview for his book that's coming out uh, next week um, with The New Yorker. He was interviewed by Isaac Chauchner. Uh, and this uh, this interview dropped at 10 a.m. And there's been a lot of discussion of it since. I think it's fair to say it made a splash. Uh, and we're, we're just going to talk about it. So, so Lenny, uh, uh, what do you think of this interview? Uh, this interview is amazing because, uh, like, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, Brett's going to be classic Brett. It'll be the usual business. Uh And then what's so weird about this interview is that Brett just like does not say anything. He doesn't offer an opinion at any point. And it's so weird because that's usually all Brett does. Like usually he just like walks into a room and is like, Black Panther is bad. Women can't direct movies. I'm the opinion haver. But like the interviewer is trying so hard to get him to be like, tell me why you don't like people who complain about Trump. And he just absolutely refused to make any point at all yeah it it is really it is a really strange interview and I my personal theory and I'm gonna I want to go a little bit more into specifically some things he said um uh but my kind of my theory is that pretty early on in the interview he was like I don't like this line of questioning and then he just kind of like shut down so then he just started being like no I don't care I don't know what do you think in a kind of like in a kind of like shitty way yeah um and then it just came out as like a very weirdly like not quite evasive as much as just like well we'll we'll talk about it I don't know I don't know exactly what to call it yeah, it is. It's really weird. And like, um, I like there is this thing that happens now where like people do want to talk about Trump like all the time. And it is really hard to just like talk about art. I've definitely like watched panels where writers suddenly started debating Trump and were like, I know I know we're supposed to be talking about writing. We should not be talking about this. So like that is definitely something that happens but like the interviewer just kept being like I'm just asking you about the points you made in the book and like Brett kept being like I'm not interested in that to the point where like at one point the writer had to be like you could have not written a book about this (laughs) yeah it's an amazing moment um okay so the first thing that the interviewer um I'm gonna try to remember his name out of respect because he does an amazing job (laughs) yes Isaac I feel like uh um, th- part of why this interview was so talked about and so successful, even among people who I feel like don't um, necessarily care or even know who Brett is, is that like there's just something so refreshing to like see a person like make weird outlandish statements and have the person talking to them like actually be like, you're not making sense. You're not answering my question. Um, I think that just uh, re- truly, truly hit the spot in 2019. That is very fair. Yeah, he really like holds Brett's feet to the fire and like tries to pin Brett to a real answer in a way that you just wish you would see happen to like presidential candidates. Yeah, or it was the like- president or Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> Yeah, it was like, even though obviously the stakes are like much lower than like anything Sarah Huckabee Sanders said, it was still like, oh, it would 
it's so nice to see someone not answer a question and have the person be like, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I hope that, that um, Isaac Chotner like, does political reporting too because he's clearly, I think he would be great at it. Um, I, th- I, I want to start a campaign now for him to, uh, for him to be the, what's it called? Not monitor at the presidential debates. Oh, the host? No, it's, that's not it. But you know what I'm saying. Um, yeah, I want him to be that. I think he'd be great at it. Um, so the, the first question that Isaac Chotner asks him is, uh, well, I'll just read it. He says, you have a section in your book where you talk about President Trump's comments about Mexicans being rapists. And then you have another section where you talk about Michelle Obama being breathlessly condescending when she said, when they go low, we go high. I am trying to understand why one of those things sets you off and the other you seem kind of neutral about. And Brett says, you know, I think sets me off suggests that I am enraged. And I think the voice in the book is pretty chill and neutral. And I saw a couple different people on Twitter today be like, well, right out of the gate. He's like, I'm not mad. I'm laughing, actually, Uh, which is incredible. Um, He said that once in his very first speech and didn't say it again. And there were people who picked up on it and were still repeating it a year or two years later. Without putting that in context, yeah, I guess that bothered me. And then Isaac Chotner says, okay, but Trump says a lot of racist things. We can all agree on that, right? And then there's a pause, and then Brett says, sure. And I feel like already, like, second question in, I feel like pause, sure. Brett is like, I'm done with this interview. (laughs) And he has just made a choice that that he is, like, not really going to be mentally present in this interview. Um, so now I, I just want to uh, jump down to a couple of the the highlights or the the deep deep lowlights, <laughs> dep- <laughs> depending on your point of view. Um, okay, so a, a little bit down, Isaac Chotner says. Uh, uh, there are a lot of things to get angry about. Children being separated from their parents. Trump saying nice things about marchers in Charlottesville. What is it that bothers you about this? And Brett says, you do know that plenty of people don't think that. You do understand that. Which is a very odd response. Yeah. He, he, he brings this up a lot that some people support Trump and some people are not offended by Trump. And I feel like he says that as though it is an opinion or a point of view, but it's just a fact. Yeah, it's just a fact. And it's like in no way like that doesn't exonerate Trump of anything. Uh, Yeah, he's he's like, uh, well, when you're attacking Trump, does it occur to you that some people agree with him? Yeah, it's like pretty much. Anytime you're angry about something, there is someone on the other side of the argument that's just like (laughs) a fundamental truth of arguments. Yeah. means absolutely nothing. And I think that's another thing um, that is so odd about this interview is that like, like Brett's whole thing is like being controversial. And then this is just like so decidedly like, no, I'm not taking a stand on anything. He literally describes himself as a centrist. Yeah. Like his only thing is like, I'm a centrist. I don't like when people are upset about things. And I actually like empathize with Trump people, but like not enough to actually have an opinion, just enough to be like, they exist and I understand they exist. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I, re- I think that like, I mean, this is a, not a controversial thing to say about him. He has like a deeply like, um, a deep instinct to go against the consensus, um, uh, to be like contrarian. And so I think like, if just like most of his friends are these like liberal liberals who are like, uh, hashtag resistance or whatever, then he, he's like his, uh, reactionary response to that is to be like, no, actually, I don't think we should have, I don't think you should have a stance. I, I think you should just stand in the middle and be like, yes, I acknowledge that everyone exists. Yeah, it's so, <laughs> it's so frustrating because there's so much to complain about with like rich resistance liberals and um, like it, it's, it's so easy to like actually bring up great points about uh how uh they're hollow and stuff but that would just uh 
require having a level of insight uh, he doesn't have, it seems. And it just feels like he's focusing on this sort of like made up, like a difference he imagines in his mind when really it's like, you know, like people like Samantha B will like interview Glenn Beck and be like, give Glenn Beck a chance all the time. It's like there's such a small difference from what he is and what they are, but he's acting like it's like this huge difference because he doesn't complain about Trump as much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so after he says, uh, you know that plenty of people don't think that, right? The interviewer, uh, Isaac Chotner, says, don't think what? And he says, don't think all these things you're saying about Charlottesville. What does he have? A 93% approval rating or let's say 100% from his base? Which like saying he has... A 93% approval rating from his base, I feel like, is not really a meaningful point in the first place. Because, like, the fact that they approve of him is kind of what makes him, makes them his base, right? Like, um, like I, you could alienate your base, but for the most part, like, they're your people, so they approve of you. I do think this uh, rant where he makes up Trump's approval rating <laughs> for an argument is, like, one of the parts that I'm like, you know what? That's a genuine troll. I'm pretty on board with that. Most of it, he's pretty boring. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Okay, so he says, what does he have? A 93% approval rating or let's say 100% from his base. Let's say it is overall way up from 38% to 50% or even higher. And let's say Latinos are now 50% approval for Trump. And the interviewer, no iconic line, says that's not true, but okay. And Brett says, well, whatever. <laughs> Which is incredibly he, hilarious. <laughs> and that's it, right? Like, he, well, okay. Go and on. then, okay, so Isaac Chotner says, I'm looking at the 538 average. He is at 42%. And Brett says, okay, but whatever. There's another side of the aisle. <laughs> so he made up all these statistics where it seems like he must be going somewhere if he's like building up this rhetorical point of like, let's say it's 100% from his base. Let's say 50% Latinos support him. So it like really feels like he's gearing up to like, if that's true, then, and then he's just like, people supporting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're aware. Um, so then, so then uh, uh, Isaac Chotner says, I am not arguing that people don't support him. <laughs> uh, you aren't denying Trump says racist things regularly. I'm just trying to understand why liberal opposition to Trump bothers you so much. And Brett says, I don't know if he does think racist things so regularly. I'm not sure if I do. Isaac Chotner says, oh, OK, what did you think birtherism was? Brett says, I do think birtherism was racist and the Tea Party was an abomination. The hysteria over Trump is what I was talking about. It's not about his policies or supposed racism. It's about what I see as an overreaction to Trump. And now here's one of the moments that I think really speaks to that thing that you're talking about that just like, oh, yeah, he nailed him down. Um, Isaac Chotner says, sorry, you keep going back and forth between racism and supposed racism. Do you think he's racist or not? Brett says, yeah, he probably is, because when I was doing research on him way back in the 1980s, and then for some reason he's like, oh, yeah, the reason that I think Trump is racist is these things from the 80s when, like, uh, you know, those are n those are also racist things that Trump did, but he also has an additional 30 to 40 years of building up racist acts and racist rhetoric. Um, and then he says that the, that the these racist things that that uh, Trump did in the 80s were annoying enough to make him a figure in American Psycho where Patrick Bateman sees him as the father he never had, which is just touching. <laughs> um, OK, so then Isaac Shatner says the animating feature of the book is that you're frustrated and annoyed with the liberal consensus, which is shrilly and condescendingly looking down on Trump voters. Would that be a fair way to put it? Brett says, that would be fair, sure. <laughs> and then Isaac says, is it that you think there are terrible things going on, but we should all take a deep breath? Or is it that you don't think that there are a lot of terrible things going on? And Brett says, I just think, now this is, I feel like this is truly, his brain is shutting down in this moment. He says, I just think that there is a man that got elected president. 
he's in the White House. He has vast support from his base. He was elected fairly and legally. And I think what happened is that the left is so hurt by this that they have overreacted to the presidency. Now, look, I live with a democratic socialist bordering on communist millennial. I hear it every day. And I, uh, uh, my first reaction to that is like, I just think that there's a man that got elected president is a, is just a strange thing to say. He's like, yeah. the thing is, yeah. he's the president, so he has power. So what are you going to do? Yeah, I think there's another part, too, where he's like, politicians are going to put into place the policies that they're going to put in, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's like, yeah, that's the thing that makes people angry. That is the exact thing <laughs> that makes it so upsetting that they will do bad policies. <laughs> and it just is such a just fundamental misunderstanding of like, not only what participation in democracy means, but just like emotions. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, okay, so then, uh, okay, well then the the interviewer mentions that Todd's a character in the book, and Brett says he is in the next room right now, and I do put myself in his shoes, and I do look at the world through his lens because I have to. I live with him, and I love him, and that just really touched me. Yeah, <laughs> that was it's really been, sweet. So, uh, <laughs> like, Brett is a fairly iconic person and I like I'm always surprised when I hear him mentioned but it's still like oh yeah sure he's I've known outside of me and Katie but the amount of tweets I saw today being like Brett's boyfriend Todd was so jarring yeah because me and <laughs> me and Katie have been sticking our noses in Brett's personal life for uh about six years now <laughs> yeah since way back when he just referred to Todd as the 24 year old yeah and uh, I don't know. It's just uh, it's just strange to see people uh, interested in Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Like Todd getting tweeted about by strangers. It feels like when like this guy that we went to high school with won a Grammy. It's just like, <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like, I didn't think anybody else was ever going to know about this guy. This guy's from my life. <laughs> this guy's not a public figure. Um, OK, so um, Brett loves Todd. So, so that's sweet. great. It's very, it's truly, it's very sweet. Um, and I, other people have pointed this out, but it does seem like his whole uh, view on politics now is just that it's uh, annoying when Todd talks about that. <laughs> it seems like his uh, commentary on culture is just like the thinnest guys and he is just like... Oh, my boyfriend's so annoying. Which, like, that would resonate with people. He should yeah. just write a book about how he's not interested in stuff his boyfriend says. Yeah, absolutely. Um, him, like, uh, writing vast chapters that are just like, people need to talk about Trump less, uh, really reminds me of how, like, the later seasons of South Park are just like really clearly just like whatever is bothering Trey that week. So they'll like, <laughs> you'll they'll literally be like an episode that's just like, you know how people outside your house will rev their motorcycles too loud? And it's like, oh, that is just a thing that was bothering him while he was writing. Yeah. And you know, I just wish guys like uh, writers like that would just uh, admit they don't stand for anything because like I'm pretty interested in the minutia of their day to day. Yeah, that is that is a good point. Like Brett is clearly a man who stands for nothing. And if he would just be like, eh, I don't <laughs> like he's he kind of keeps saying that he doesn't care about politics, but then he keeps being like, so that's why I need to get everybody to stop. You know, we need right, to stop yeah. fighting. We need to, like, if he was just like, I don't give a shit about this. I don't want to hear about this. I'm rich. Like, you know, he would be much more sympathetic figure. Yeah, if he would just, like, get to talking about something he is interested in, right. he could have written a book about 80s pop music. Yeah. Oh, my God. He absolutely could have. And I think that... It seems really clear that the reason this book is being published is because, like, when Brett says something shitty on his podcast and then, like, Vulture writes about it, like, then that goes, that will sometimes go viral. So then it's just, like, 
he and or his publisher is like, okay, the thing about Brett that's marketable right now is these like shitty half-baked opinions uh, that are going to make a lot of people mad. So let's just do a whole book of shitty half-baked opinions that are going to make people mad. Which I don't know. I don't know that that was the right move. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I said this on Twitter, but I do think it is basically humiliation porn at this point. Like, I feel like he uh, must, he just has to know that this sounds stupid and fundamentally embarrassing um, and is still just like, uh, this will make people talk, maybe subscribe to my podcast, maybe buy a book. So uh, this is just what we're doing now. And I just, you know, I would pay to see him get naked and sit on a cake. And I just think (laughs) if we're doing this, I would rather go down that road than have to hear his Trump takes that he thinks are so interesting. Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um. Oh boy, I had something. I had something I was gonna say, but picturing him naked sitting on a cake really knocked it right out of my brain. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, so moving forward in the interview, um, so uh, Isaac Trotner says. What would looking at some of the issues that we've been facing from the perspective of Trump voters look like in practice? And he says, I don't know. I'm not that interested in politics. I am not that interested in policy. What I was interested in was the coverage, especially in Hollywood. There was an immense overreaction. I don't care really about Trump that much. And I don't care about politics. I was forced to care based on how it was covered and how people have reacted. Sure, you can be hysterical or you can wait and vote him out of office. And Isaac Chotner says, people did show up at the polls in 2018. Brett says, they might very well vote him out. I hope they do so we can have some some sense of normalcy in this household. Interviewer says, big picture. And Brett says, but I don't really care. Which to me is like the most illuminating moment of this interview. Like this interview, I think, is a lot of nonsense ramblings but I I really think that Brett being like you know I wish that this humanitarian crisis would end so that like my boyfriend would be less annoying and somebody being like and the rest of the world and Brett being like I, that's not a concern for me I really do think that that's that's his worldview uh, and uh, it's gross <laughs> yeah. I mean that. <laughs> That's fine, whatever. Um, but uh, what strikes me so much about it is how this is not like a, um, this wasn't supposed to be any sort of expose. It <laughs> is a promotional interview to sell his book. And as such, the interviewer just keeps being like, uh, sorry, Isaac Chotner, uh-huh. keeps being like, uh, okay, so what bothers you about liberals? The one thing you want to talk about, go ahead and tell me this is your in to do it. <laughs> and it just keeps not fucking doing that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And that's like, that is something that makes me feel like, uh, I don't know. Maybe Brett didn't have a good night's sleep. Maybe Brett had too many martinis at lunch. I, it really feels like this is he is not yeah. a, he is not on it, his best. It comes <laughs> off very drunk or something. I mean that part where he's just rambling off statistics that <laughs> could exist but don't. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, like I'm used to him saying stuff that's not true, that's misinformed, uh, that's disingenuous. I'm used to all of this, but he is usually better at like. At least saying that in a way where a stupid person or somebody half listening would be like, that sounds like it follows logic. Like that has, that is said in an eloquent way. But in this interview, he really just keeps being like, I don't know. I don't care about anything. Yeah. I mean, like he usually makes points and they usually end up all contradicting each other at some point, but it's still like, that's a point, that's a point, that's a point. And he's just, yeah, he's just not offering any uh, any point of view at all. And like, I know that's sort of like 
what nihilism is, but it's not even that. Like if he spent the whole interview being like, my boyfriend keeps trying to talk to me about Trump when I'm just trying to watch Vanderpump Rules and it's super fucking annoying, I would be like, yeah, that is an opinion that you have. That's <laughs> yeah. something you care about. And he's just not doing that. Yeah. Um, so then, so then uh, Isaac Chotner goes through a couple of examples of like things that anti-Trumpers, progressives and leftists and liberals um, have done like in response to Trump's various atrocities. Um and he keeps being like, what do you think about that? Or like, if people shouldn't have done that, like, what should they have done? And Brett just keeps being like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and then uh, uh, then Isaac says, uh, but you don't think that people should complain about uh, these policies. Well, first, uh, first, Isaac Chotner asks him, did it bother you when people showed up at airports or said child separation was terrible? And he says, no, not at all. I'm not really bothered by that one way or the other, which I think is very strange. That's a very strange stance to have. Um, and then Isaac Chotner says, but you don't think people should complain about those policies? And Brett says, no, I feel that whoever has been elected can do whatever they set out to do and what their party wants them to do and what their base wants them to do. And you might not like it. Todd might not like it. I might not even like it. But this is the reality. It is not some made up fantasy. This is happening. There are plenty of people who like what he was he is doing. So what are we saying? Uh, and Isaac Chotner says, there were plenty of people in favor of segregation. I am not sure how far that gets us. And Brett says, there are plenty of people who like Donald Trump. Like, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that is. Like, is he not listening or that's just strange. Isaac Chotner says, there are plenty of people who like all kinds of things. And Brett says, no, I know. And Isaac Chotner says, you don't have anything to add on that? Brett says, I think you are leading me into things that I am not particularly interested in. And uh, Isaac Chotner says, which is what? Everything you wrote your book about? Which is, I, I love it. I yeah. love this moment. Do you feel like, <laughs> because, do you feel like Brett has gotten so used to people constantly being like tell me about less than zero tell me about american psycho that he was just like genuinely thrown off by someone caring about his current work that's a really good question because he just had a um a, what a new york times profile yeah and, i think it was new york times yeah, yeah something and uh i feel like he is pretty good at uh talking about his uh, past career and the various things he's been through. Yeah, he's really good at talking about himself. Like, honestly, I say that in a non-sarcastic way. Like, whenever he tells, like, an anecdote from his life or, like, a story about having a midlife crisis or something, it's great. It's interesting. He's an interesting guy. He has interesting thoughts on himself. that He's just, like, not really able to cast that same that same uh take that same close look at kind of like anything outside of himself um and i don't know who's to blame for asking him to do that i don't know if it's us america or if it's Brady stavellis himself uh so then uh so okay so isaac chotner says so those things that you're not interested in are all the things you wrote your book about and brett says no, just in terms of policy, in terms of Trump the man, it is more or less the coverage and the reaction to him. So I guess he's saying, OK, he's not he's not interested in talking about policy and he's not interested in talking about who Trump is. He wants to talk about the way that people talk about Trump. But it seems like it seems and, like he doesn't. Yeah. Well, he, <laughs> uh, Isaac Chotner asked him very directly, like, what bothers you about the response to Trump? What do you not like about people's complaints? And he's clearly not interested in talking about that. Yeah. Okay, now this this is the comedic high point of the interview, in my opinion. So Isaac Chotner says, in an interview with the TLS, you said that progressive movements become, quote, as authoritarian as what they're protesting and that it, 
and that quote it's happened to a degree with the me too movement the idea of sexual assault and violence against women is reprehensible i don't know anyone who doesn't accept that unquote can and then brett interrupts and says agreed agreed and isaac chotner says well you said it of course you agree (laughs) i there's nothing i can add there that's just amazing yeah i uh, obviously that is incredibly funny (laughs) but uh The point before that, the thing he was quoting where Brett is just a child and is like, (laughs) everyone already knows that rape is wrong, so we don't need me too. I I mean, I don't really want to hear more on that. I kind of get it, but uh, (laughs) I feel like uh, we all need to... Talk talk more, because it kind of gets brushed over because the I agree thing is so funny. (laughs) Um, But, God, it's... So fucking annoying that Brett is simultaneously like, we all get that rape is bad, and then is also like, ugh, these accusers are so annoying and need to just deal with it. Yeah. So uh, definitely, like, in the conversation about this article, it's hard, it's hard to get past the fact that Brett's like, yes, I agree with that thing I said. Although, frequently, Brett does not agree with his own things that he has said, so it is worth noting that he agrees. Um, but the, the interviewer does follow right, up on yes, it. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> and he says, well, you said it. Of course you agree. So what you're saying is that everyone can agree assault is wrong, but maybe we are going too far. And Brett says, I think what happened this week with Joe Biden has really alienated my boyfriend from his party in a way. And it is interesting how like the interviewer doesn't bring up Todd, but Brett cu- Brett keeps going back to Todd. There- <laughs> it's very nice that Brett seems to very much be in love. <laughs> yeah. And I think I think Todd is like probably the main political presence in his life, at least based on the way he's talking, because he keeps he it's kind of like everything is just going through like the the lens of like, well, here's how Todd feels about that. I guess that makes sense. They live together, so they probably spend more time together than they spend with anybody else. Okay, so he says, "My, um, I think what happened this week with Joe Biden has really alienated my boyfriend from his party in a way. My boyfriend was, extreme, was extremely upset about how the media was treating Joe Biden and how they were putting that under the umbrella of Me Too. That can happen, and I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, what is that in referring to? That can happen. I, is it? <laughs> I think he might. It seems like he's like, we can all agree that it went a little too far to call that sexual assault. <laughs> Even though, like, clearly the very fact that there are accusers, it's like the exact fucking argument he keeps making that's like, no, obviously there are people on this other side of this issue. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think maybe he's. Maybe he's saying, like, it it can happen that people can be incorrectly lumped into Me Too. Maybe he's not specifically saying that yeah. that was what happened with Joe Biden that we can all agree on, but the <laughs> fact right. that it's possible. <laughs> that it's possible anyone in the, he does, of the world has lied. Yeah, because he does say that can happen. He doesn't say that did happen, and we can all agree on that. So right. yeah. it's fine. He got me. <laughs> I, I can concede that someone has ever lied about sexual assault. <laughs> okay. So then Isaac, uh, my dear friend Isaac, says, in the same interview, you said, quote, look, this is the big dirty secret. I don't live in a bubble. I knew about 55% of people voting for Clinton and 45% voting for Trump. 20% of those voting for Trump had voted for Obama. They wanted a changed person and they did not care that he grabbed the pussy or what he said or that he said Mexicans were rapists. It was about the economy and job creation with political correctness coming in second, unquote. And then he says... What do you think these voters were saying? Brett says, I think the girls that I know, the women I know who were voting for Trump, the pussy comment did not bother them because they grew up with the reality that they had three brothers. I already don't care for how this statement is going. They don't, They grew up with the reality that they had three brothers or they had two brothers. <laughs> I wish. I just wish she went on and kept listing numbers of brothers. She Seven. <laughs> One. You have three stepbrothers and one biological brother. You might not have any brothers, but you're aware that brothers are a concept. You can live with foster brothers. <laughs> um, 
Okay, so they had three brothers or they had two brothers. I think, okay, what I think is happening here psychologically is Brett has two female friends. One has three <laughs> brothers and one has two brothers. That's <laughs> um, Or at least he knows two women who voted for Trump. Uh, okay. This locker room talk was a reality, and whether Trump really did it or not was not going to decide whether they voted for him or not. I thought that was interesting. <laughs> and Isaac says, I am trying to synthesize this with your comment about sexual assault being reprehensible and you not knowing anyone who doesn't accept that. And he says, yes, agreed. Once again, he's agreeing with his own quote. <laughs> or he could be like, I agree you're trying to reconcile these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Isaac says, so on one hand, everyone is completely unaccepting of sexual assault. And on the other, uh, they wanted a change person and did not care that he sexually assaulted people. Is there no contradiction there? And Brett says, bragging about something? I don't know. And Isaac says, there have been many women who have come forward so maybe people don't always care about that and brett says oh i don't know it didn't really matter in terms of getting him elected in terms of the women who did vote for him and the interviewer says do you understand what i am asking here (laughs) which is a fair question you were saying that everyone was saying sexual assault is reprehensible and also that people don't care about bragging over sexual assault Brett says, I think he was bragging. No one said he actually did it. I don't know if any women have come forward and said, yes, Trump grabbed my pussy. And the interviewer says, many, many women have said, but Brett interrupts him (laughs) and says, they say he brushed against them at a ballet or and Isaac says, no, push them against walls. And then Brett cuts him off again and says, of course, I don't know. What does that say? What do you think? Very, this is, seems yeah. like a very tense interaction. Uh, yeah. I feel like uh, <laughs> if I hadn't heard Brett's previous comments on Me Too, I would be like fully like this is incomprehensible and I just literally don't know what he's saying at all. <laughs> but mm. I can piece together from what I know about Brett that he's like, those claims weren't actual rapes. They were just uh, a person brushing up against you, which we all know does not count, even though we all understand that real sexual assault is reprehensible. Right. It's a big thing for Brett. Yeah. And there's still, yes, Brett, this is a big, a big thing for Brett. But then there's still also this additional layer of like, no, there are women who said like he, he fully raped them. I think he, I feel like he might genuinely not ever ever heard that it does seem that way and it was it, really, it, it really, was a shockingly underreported that's true thing. yeah that's true uh he yeah it, so maybe he hasn't heard it and he's also very much not not open to hearing it now <laughs> i can also understand being like we would have heard about it more if he raped someone a thought i have all the time <laughs> that is fair all right fair enough okay so um then the the um, Isaac Chotner, uh, he changes the subject and he says, you came to the defense of Roseanne Barr saying that she denied after tweeting racist stuff about Valerie Jarrett, knowing Valerie Jarrett was black. And Brett says, did she say that? That she didn't know she was black? And Isaac Chotner says, you say it in the book. Brett says, yeah, right. I quoted her. This is a strange interaction. This is another one that makes me feel like, you know, he took too many sleeping pills. Maybe he's in some kind of fugue state. Um, I want to go back and retract my giving of credit to Brett. Because I just remembered that Ivana accused him of raping him. And I feel like that was the time when Brett was like really locked into Trump news. And it had not yet become passe to learn about Trump being a bad person so he definitely heard about oh yeah because Ivana accused Trump like way back way right? back, like in the yeah. 90s yeah like right when American Psycho was coming out and Brett was like <laughs> Brett, <laughs> Brett was still okay with being anti-Trump yeah okay yeah no credit no credit where no credit is due <laughs> um, so Brett says did she say that and then Brett says yeah I quoted her saying that great moving on um Isaac Shotner says it seems like you want to give some people the benefit of the doubt but not others would that be fair and Brett says I would like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt <laughs> now that's just cute <laughs> that's super cute 
do think that is true. I feel like everyone he like takes umbrage with just like immediately under the slightest pressure, he'd be like, yeah, okay, they're fine. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, so he says, I'd like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt. Very sweet. Um, and Isaac Chotner says, so when she tweets about Valerie Jarrett being the child of the Muslim Brotherhood and the Planet of the Apes, and Brett says, yeah, that's a tweet. I don't know. <laughs> it's whatever. <laughs> it's whatever you think it is and whatever she says she meant by it. It is her word against ours. So this, that last part throws a bit of a wrench into things. But for the most part, I feel like I can easily see somebody reading this and be like, this is complete nonsense. What is happening here? But to me, it seems pretty clear that he's like, that he's just like, fuck off. <laughs> like, he's just like, look, yeah. You, you say dumb bullshit on the internet, whatever, like, let's move on. I don't want to talk about this, um, which I think is the subtext of a lot of this interview. But this seems like a moment where he's kind of he's sort of coming to a boiling point a little bit emotionally. Um, and Isaac Chotner says, it seems like you want to give Roseanne Barr the benefit of the doubt of the doubt, but not people who think Trump is a racist. And Brett says, I don't really feel that. I don't feel that way at all. OK. It's not what I want to do at all, which you know, is interesting. I do yeah. think, in fairness, he clearly has a lot of friends who think Trump is a race racist, and you know Todd thinks Trump is a racist. Mm -hmm. So it is like, yeah, he he's giving the benefit of the doubt to them. He's just like they're annoying, but he's <laughs> not gonna take away their TV shows like people protesting that tweet did. So I, uh, I I'll give him one in the coherent point column. Yeah, all right, nice. And I'm interested in, oh, he says, I don't really feel that. I don't feel that way, okay? And then he says, it is not what I want to do at all, which is just a strange <laughs> sentence. Like, what What does he not I want to do? I guess he must be like, I don't want to not give the benefit of the doubt <laughs> yeah, to Yeah, I don't want to cancel okay. him. Okay, 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 fair enough. <laughs> um, and then uh, Isaac Chotner says, this idea keeps coming up that a lot of people support Trump. Let's grant that this is the case. <laughs> Um, sorry, it's very funny. Uh, the idea keeps coming up that a lot of people support Trump. Let's grant that this is the case. How should that change how we respond to him? Brett says, I don't think at all. Which, <laughs> mere minutes ago, he was saying, you gotta remember yeah. that some people support I him. I feel like throughout the, the interview, he really has been like, my ace in the hole is actually some people do support Trump. <laughs> yeah, okay. So he says, I don't think that at all. What should we do about that? Change people's minds? What can you do about a Trump supporter? But they do exist. And I don't think all of them are crazy, insane racists. Do you? Isaac Chotner says, all of them, no. When you think back to these couple of years, is your large takeaway that the left was too critical of Trump? Brett says, it's not just the left. There seems to have been this hysterical overreaction that can be solved with voting him out of office. And I don't know whether this pain and turmoil people have inflicted on themselves have gotten them anything. I just see a lot of people who have turned themselves inside out. It seems to have caused a lot of people self-harm, and I don't know where it gets anybody. Now, I can't remember who who saw who said this on Twitter and so I'm very sorry but somebody was like wait it it caused people self-harm isn't that just harm <laughs> which is very funny um and yeah uh, did you have anything you want to say yeah. um yeah this just feels like it is a reflection of him like only knowing rich liberals which again like there would be shit to talk about with rich liberals uh, not actually being affected by this and just being very shallow in their protests of Trump. But it feels like he is really genuinely not understanding that there are a lot of people who are experiencing pain and turmoil, not because they did it to themselves, but because they're scared of things that are going to happen or, in fact, already happening to them. Yeah, yeah, it's... Yeah, and it's it seems like his kind of um, his ideal world for how to deal with Trump is like nobody talks about it for four years and and like 
we all just go on with our day and then we vote in 2020, um, <laughs> which is how you think democracy works when you are six years old. Yeah. And that also just in the the meantime, you should just be like, I guess I can serve in the military if I just don't harm right. myself yeah. by thinking I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the uh, the um, political equivalent of Christian science where they're like, you don't really have a body and you're not really sick. It's just it's just in your minds. If you realize that viruses aren't real, you'll be healed. And that's his political view. Uh, So then Isaac Chotner says, you are a novelist. You write about the human condition. Do you worry about the self-harm of people who see things like child separation and have no emotional response? Uh, and Brett says, I think I am an absurdist. I think politi- I think I am an absurdist. I think politics are ridiculous. And Isaac Chotner says, maybe don't write a book about it. Would that be the solution? <laughs> Which... I have to imagine is not where Isaac Chotner saw this conversation going when it yeah. started. <laughs> like that's what's so funny about that. It's like so so much of this response was like this New Yorker writer just fucking murdered Brett Easton Ellis. And it's like, I don't think that was how he planned on spending his day. Yeah. I think if at any point Brett had been like, you know what? I have an interesting story about Val Kilmer. He'd be like, great, hit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so uh, he says, maybe don't write a book about it. Well, yeah, go oh, ahead. I just wanted to add, I feel like I want to hear more about how Brett sees himself as an absurdist and thinks he reflects that politics are ridiculous because I feel like it, it seems like any substantial political writing comes from a place of like having an opinion and caring like like if you if you watch Veep, it's like the humor is how ridiculous they are, but I feel like the real humor is like there are actual people being affected by this, and you know Selena doesn't care because she's in a bubble, so she'll like you know screw over people in Wisconsin because she was being shallow or something. And to do that, you have to care, right? Like I can't imagine a thing that's just like look how ridiculous this is with no sort of uh, thought about how it affects the world because then it just, like, wouldn't matter. It would just be, like, a silly workplace like The Office and would not be about how politics are absurd. <laughs> yeah, and I I sort of think in a lot of Brett's writing, like, there is nothing with stakes and there is, like, no danger to people except, like, the danger that they create for themselves. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think it is kind of his, just his worldview that, like, if everybody could just, like, chill out and not care about anything, we would all have an equally easy ride just going through life. Um, which is just too bad. <laughs> it's a shame. You hate to see it. Okay, so... So, um... Isaac Chotner says, maybe don't write a book about it then. Would that be the solution? And Brett says, I think the problem is that I don't necessarily see this as being as interesting as fiction. <laughs> I think, wait, doesn't he say I don't see this being interesting as fiction? So that's why he wrote a nonfiction book? Oh, okay. I I think the problem is that I don't necessarily see this as interesting as fiction. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I misread it. Okay. Uh... And Isaac Totner says, yeah, I could tell. Brett says, it was much more interesting to me to write this as a nonfiction book in terms of pulling this stuff from my podcast. So we all agree, <laughs> right? That when he says interesting, he means easy, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm like, I do fully respect, like, I do think vulture or whatever getting hits from directly quoting his rants i would also be like if they're gonna monetize it i'm gonna fucking monetize yeah, it. yeah for sure that part of his whole thing i can respect yeah. <laughs> i think everyone should monetize all of their content as much as possible yes yeah. it's a harsh world out there yeah uh and so then uh isaac chotner mercifully puts this puts this to rest <laughs> and he says thank you so much for talking yeah. and brett says it's interesting to have that back and forth pull in an interview. 
<laughs> yeah. This reminds me so much of, um, have you ever been in like a writing class with someone, or I guess probably any class this happens, where like the teacher gives them feedback and they just keep being like, yeah, you know how like sometimes characters do this and you start thinking blah, blah, blah. And the teacher has to like kind of gently keep being like, I am saying you need to do this better. <laughs> and the person just kind of keeps being like, yeah, it really is interesting how you like kind of think about all this stuff. I've never seen that happen. I oh, don't, that, I, I don't, I just that so many times. I think it's because you went to a private college and I went to a public college. So there are, <laughs> there are more rats rocking around. around. Yeah. <laughs> but that sounds horrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Brett says, it's interesting to have that back and forth pull in an interview. The only problem, however, and at this point, I feel like Brett sounds like he's talking like a meme. The only problem, however, is that I am not that political. And so when we have this conversation and you confront me with certain things like this, I really am, I have to say, at a loss. <laughs> uh, and so ends an interview that surely will go down in history as one of the least effective or most effective marketing <laughs> tools for a book release. He certainly got himself t in the conversation. Yeah. Got himself in the news cycle. Uh, Lenny, do you do you want to close out with any with any final thoughts on this? Yeah, my overall thing is just like I, I think what's just so striking about this is just how much he doesn't realize that he has like the really mainstream boring opinion. Like when he keeps being like empathize with Trump voters just go out and vote it's like you are every single boring liberal celebrity that you <laughs> claim to have issue with and you're just slightly repackaging it yeah that's true he just has like such a he has such a bubble he has like a very small sample size so he's just like reacting to like what the six people closest to him are saying it's a whew, it's a damn shame Lenny Lenny, yeah. thank you so much for being here. Uh, thank you for talking. Yeah. <laughs> I am, as they say, at a loss. 